We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. We started reading the book of Psalms, and out on the admin desk, there's um, some Psalms books marks. We've been We've been there for a couple of weeks now and we're going through them and I encourage you to read along with us. We're reading a couple of chapters a day because there's 150 psalms. It takes a while to get through. And um, I hope you join with us. Now I want you to imagine you're a musician. Someone laughed. Who was that? And you go into a music store and you go through and there's a section there with old music, like secondhand music. And you go through there and you find this music book. And you look inside and, and you see a name. And this will depend on, on your age. And this belongs to Bob Dylan or John Lennon or, I don't know, Bono or, uh, or Jeff Wiggle. I don't know, depending on Ed Sheeran. And as you flick through, you see their little notes, how they've changed the chord here, written some notes about how they were going to sing this song. And you think, I've found this book. You'd take it home, or I would take it home, and I'd look at their chords and their secrets and try to play the thing like they'd, they'd played. Uh, learn their techniques. Jesus used the Psalms as his songbook. He used the Psalms as his prayer book. And when we use the Psalms, we sing with Jesus. When we use the Psalms, we, we pray with Jesus. And I just, uh, I don't know, he would have sung them in the temple. He would have prayed them in his everyday life. He would have sung those songs and we get to do that as well. And so we want to get into them. Don't neglect them. A lot of the Psalms speak about Jesus directly. Most of them point to him in some way. There's lots of praises in there and there are these things called laments. You know what a lament is? I feel like rubbish. Why have you abandoned me, God? They just say it how they feel. Um, you know it's okay to do that with God? Because he knows it anyway. He can't hide stuff. You just come and you just pour it out. And then they look at the goodness of God and often things change around. The Psalms are about being honest with God. They're also retelling stories about forgiveness and about creation, about repentance, the hope for the future. And if you look in the Psalms, there's two, Psalm 1 and 2 are the intro. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Psalm 1 reflects back to the creation story, a tree planted by rivers, that's the tree of life. Psalm 2 talks about the coming Messiah, and the rest of the Psalms is divided into five books. If you open, this, if you open your Bible, Psalm chapter 1, you'll see book 1, and there's five books. And they correspond to the five books, original books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, etc., um, and that's the way they were put together. And they were designed sort of to retell those stories of creation, to retell those stories of, of what Moses said. And lots of writers, the most famous is David, Solomon, the sons of Korah, all sorts of other writers. And they were written over many years, but they were put together at a certain time. The Jews were actually taken prisoner into exile. And while they were in exile, they put all these psalms together in a certain order to remind them about God. 
They were away from their place of worship. It was to take them back to their place of worship. Their prayer book, their song book. They read them, they discussed them. And, and so you can imagine, it's, you're in Pakistan and you're stuck there for two years because of COVID. And you're, you're longing to get home. And then in the distance, you hear this person. I've been to cities that never closed down. From New York to Rio, to old London town. But no matter how far or how far I roam. Ah, and it just takes you back there. Well, these Psalms did that, but not just to a place, but to the place of worship, the temple. That's why we read Psalms like this. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. I want to be back there. Or we read this, Psalm 63. God, you're my God, I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. You know, I want to be back there. Or Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place. I faint, I long for the courts of the Lord. Take, take us back there. So you can see how they were put together. So for the Jews, the Psalms were taking them back. A place of worship. They were waiting for the day they would return. They were waiting for the king, the Messiah. All right, let's pray. We're going to get into one of them. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray you speak to us in a powerful way. If you've got a Bible, I'd encourage you to bring one if you're able. Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Let's turn there. Tell me when you got it in your phone or your Bible or whatever. You got it? You got it? It's on the screen. The, the title is, uh, for the choir director, a psalm of David. You know, one of my favourite psalms I found this week was a psalm called this. The psalm that David wrote when he pretended to be mad. I, I like the title there, but I like this title. And it says this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on solid ground, steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what God has done and be amazed, and they'll put their trust in the Lord. I will we'll leave it there. You can pull that one down. I have a title, and the title is this, The Reward of the Patient Wait. The Reward of the Patient Wait. Those opening verses, actually, we'll put it back up. Sorry, mess you around. Maybe you can leave it up there. Thanks. Uh, in these verses, you find one thing we do and six thing God does. One thing I do. I waited patiently for the Lord. That's what we do. And then we see what God does. He turned to me. He heard me. He lifted me. He set my feet on the rock. He steadied me as I walk along. He gave me a new song to sing. It seems like he does a lot more than I do. That's always the way with God. And, uh, and then you see the onlookers. Many are amazed what God has done and put their trust in him. I waited patiently. Who likes waiting patiently? Give me a wave. Yeah. Any other liars out there? I waited patiently. The concept is, the word means, I, I continue to wait. Not a single moment, 
a continuous hope in God. I waited patiently. You know, we're all waiting for something. What are you waiting for? Here's a question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for from God? Let me put a little disclaimer in. When I say, what are you waiting for? It's like, well, I'm waiting for some money. (laughs) Have you thought about getting a job, looking for a job? No. Volunteering? Nah. I'll wait for God to provide. That's not talking about that. Or it's not talking about this. Well, I'm just waiting for Anastasia to call me and apologise. Is anyone called Anastasia here? I thought it was pretty safe. Okay. Because she offended me and I'm waiting for Anastasia to call me. And uh, I'm just going to wait. Have you thought about calling Anastasia? No. So we're not talking about that stuff. We're not talking about the things that are really clear in the Bible. You know, what you do. It's giving you clear direction. Don't wait for God to do something he's told you to do. I'm talking about when you're waiting for things that can only come from God. Things that you need to come from God, like wisdom, guidance, deliverance, healing. Who wrote, David wrote this, King David, before he was king, probably waiting for God to fulfill his promise to become king. Because God said, you're going to become king. And then there was this other king who was trying to kill him. So while he was waiting, he wasn't going to touch that king. While he was waiting, he was looking to God. He waited patiently. The exiles who would have read this, they were waiting for their freedom. They couldn't do anything about it. They were waiting on God. Waiting to get home. Had a hope, but stuck in a place. We're all waiting for something. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? A situation to change? A deep desire to be fulfilled? The restoration of a relationship, a healing? The return of a loved one? A promise to come? Just take a moment. I'm going to pray a couple of times during this as we're speaking. and I want to pray now. Lord, I... Recognize that people here are waiting for something. Maybe no one knows anything about it. Maybe it's in their heart now. And I pray as we go through this, you'll speak to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, over my years, I've noticed, I've learned something about patiently waiting. And this is what I've learned. It's not as easy as it sounds. Um. <laughs> You know, don't you love it when you're waiting for something and somebody says to you, it's all right, dear, God is in control. And you just want to, oh, I'll show you who's in control. You know? You know, while you're waiting for the Lord, I find you get some uninvited visitors come to your house who drop by unannounced. Some stay longer than they should. You may recognise them. There's a knock at the door while you're waiting patiently and there's anxiety. (laughs) I didn't invite you, but hey, I've come to visit. Worry. Anger. Disappointment. 
Who's ever had an uninvited visit from betrayal, abandonment, temptation? I've had the odd visit from worst-case scenario thinking. Anyone had a visit from that one? Okay. You know, some visitors are harder to get rid of than others. I'm going to bed, you turn the lights out, you're in bed, and they're still there. I just want to encourage you, don't entertain the uninvited visitors. You will encounter them while you're waiting patiently for the Lord. And it can be a battle. Waiting is not for the weak. Waiting is, is strength, it's virtue. I was thinking of Joseph in Egypt. You know, Joseph, he had a dream. And he had heaps of visitors like this. He had a visit from betrayal. He, he had a visit from false accusation. He had a visit from temptation and disappointment while he was waiting. I want you to note that the psalmist here wasn't just waiting for something to change. I waited patiently for the Lord. And the key is to wait on the Lord while you're waiting for the Lord. We wait on the Lord while we're waiting for the Lord. You know, I'm not a huge fan of waiting for things, but it seems to be God's favourite method in developing character in us. You know, when we wait, you know what else happens? I want this, I want this, God. And while you're waiting, God just does some work and adjusts those desires. So you don't get what you wanted because you don't, didn't need what you wanted. You needed something else. Waited means I looked expectantly. I looked for the Lord. I didn't look for my freedom. I didn't look for my promise. I didn't look for my blessing. I looked to the Lord. Now, waiting patiently doesn't mean doing nothing. It looks like prayer. It looks like worship. It looks like trust. I was thinking about the word trust. And I think it's three concepts for me wrapped up together. Faith, hope and love. Faith is belief. Hope is an expectation Love is that, hey, he hasn't forgotten me. He cares. But what we find as we read on that, while we're waiting and while we think nothing's happening, God's doing something, isn't he? If you've been waiting for God, I, want, I just felt to tell you that he's here right now. He's here right now. Let's see what happened. As I waited on the Lord, he turned to me. The picture of this, who's got an older Bible? It says he inclined his ear. It's this. It's like a change of stature where God stoops down, has a look, connects with us. It's not just, yeah, just let me know, I'll send you an email later. No, it's not that. It's he inclined his ear to me. He sees you. He hears your cry. You know, once Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God and there's this story where uh, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it's really hard for a rich guy to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's like a camel going through the eye of the needle. You might have heard those. And the disciples were saying, boy, who can get into the kingdom of God? And, and, and it says this. We've got Matthew, uh, uh, Hannah, can we got Matthew chapter 19, verse 25? And Jesus said this, looking at them intently... 
he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is, is possible. I can just see that God looking down intently. Hey, you might think this can't happen. But when Jesus, when you have his gaze, what seems like is impossible is possible. Someone needs to know that this morning. That Jesus has turned to you. He says he heard my cry. He's bent down, he's heard my cry. You know, God hears your cry. Tells you about something about what he was doing while he was waiting. He was calling out to God. And uh, guess what? He hears the deepest cry. He hears the loudest cry. He hears the softest cry. He hears the cry when you don't know what to say cry. He hears the cry when there's no words, just tears cry. Because he can see the heart and read the motives. He hears our despairs and desires and he understands. Hebrews talks about Jesus. 4 verse 15, I haven't got this. In the message version it says, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through it. He's experienced it all, but without sin. Hey, he not only hears you, he gets you. You know, some people, they hear you, but they don't get you. He, he does both. A woman pushed through the crowd. No one sees her. Jesus noticed her. She touched the hem of his garment. He, hears, he's, he heard her cry. Let us boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. We'll receive mercy and find grace to help us. I want you to notice how God responds. Can we put that um, verse back up, Psalm 40, please? Yeah, let's leave that one up for a little while. He heard my cry. What did he do? He lifted me up from the pit of despair. It doesn't say we climbed out. Doesn't say we find a new way. He lifted me. Who's ever been stuck in the mud? Hey, I used to go. I know this is this is my nerdy side. I used to go shell collecting in my younger days. You go past Sultana Point to the next point, and you walk out there, and you walk up to there in mud, and you find these special shells. Volutilaria. You might need to write that down. And I remember as a kid, we're going through there. My dad. We get home, we're covered in mud, we're stuck in the mud there. Uh, you know, mud can sort of colour your life. Um, that's what happens when we get stuck in bit bitterness or unforgiveness. It colours everything, colours our world. You find it hard to trust. If you've got the, something stuck to you from a past experience... He's going to lift you out of that. He doesn't just lift us. Guess what? He, he washes us clean. And I want to encourage you, if you're stuck, put your in, hope in God and wait on him. Call out to him. He doesn't just hear. He's not just a counsellor. Oh, just tell me your problem. No, no. He lifts us. He does something. We were once, you know, baptism is a great picture of this. Once dead to God, stuck in the mire, raised with Jesus, washed and clean. I just want to pray for someone who's stuck. There might be more than one. Hey, 
Lord, I pray for those who feel like they're stuck in that place. Maybe feel like they just can't move on. Try it before. I pray, Lord, this will be a moment where they sense that you are lifting them, where you do what they can't do. You do the supernatural. In Jesus' name, amen. It says, he lifted me out of the clay and he put my feet on a solid ground. One version says solid rock, a secure place. We stand confidently assured, accepted by God. Security. The, the rock is Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. How's it go? All other ground is sinking sand. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Jesus is a foundation that endures. You know stuff comes and goes. The stuff that grabs our attention, that leads us this way and that way, comes and goes. But here's a foundation. Here's rock solid. He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifts me up. He steadies me as I walk along. I love this. He's your companion. That's what the Holy Spirit's all about. Guide, comforter, counsellor. Walk with him. Don't just let him lift you up, put on the rock and then go your own way. Guess what? You're going to get back in the mud again. Walk with him. I love Psalm 37. Can we put this one up, Hannah, please? Psalm 37. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. That's you. He delights in every detail of their life. I love this next verse. Though they stumble, they won't fall, for the Lord upholds them by their hand. Can't you see that picture? Who's done that with their toddler? It doesn't You still fall, but someone's working with you. It doesn't mean you're perfect by any means. When you wait patiently, you have a companion. You're not alone. Someone, I think someone needs to know that. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit encourages. Lord, I pray for people right now that they will sense that you are with them, that they're not alone. I waited patient for the Lord. He, he turned to me. He hears my cry. He lifts me out of the mire, set my feet on solid ground. He steadies me as I walk along. Can we put uh, that psalm back up? I just want to look at one more part of it. Psalm 40. Verse 3. He has given me... Can you flick to the next slide, Hannah? He has given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise. He's given me a new song. He offers a new soundtrack. What song are you singing? I know I sing lots of songs. Sometimes they go like this. Woe is me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. He offers a new song. What's the song? Well, the song's the atmosphere of your life. It's the outlook. It's your attitude. He's talking about an internal attitude that reflects the goodness of God. Your new song can be that, you know, he heard me, he lifted me. He's, he's helping me to be strong. We've called it a song of praise, it says up there. Hymn of praise. It's the goodness of God. I, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. It's not focused on the mud. It's not focused on what is missing. It's not focused on what you're waiting for. It's focused on God. You know, a good movie, 
Hey, you know what's really funny? If you're watching a scary movie, switch the sound down. It's no longer scary. It's, qu it's quite funny. You can make, and you, if you even put another soundtrack, it's even funnier. You put your kids' songs in the background to a suspenseful, suspenseful movie, it's no longer that. A good movie has a soundtrack for suspense and hope or despair or excitement, you know. And your song will set the atmosphere of your life. What are you singing? He offers us a song of praise where we talk about the goodness of God. It'll change your inner world. Start singing a new song. Your confession leads you. Do you know that? Whatever you speak about, that's where you go. Your focus leads you. Your confession leads you. It'll take you on the track with God or it'll take you to the mud pit. As you wait patiently, have a song of praise. Something powerful happens. God responds. Other people see it. Many will see what God has done and be amazed. I think it's funny. They're singing a song, many will see. I thought many will hear. It might be a better grammatic translation. No, people can see something happening. Well, God's doing something in them. I'm going to put my trust in that God too. This psalm for me is a picture. I think of, I think of the prodigal son. I think of this boy stuck in the pig, pig's mud. See a father that's looking for him listening, ready to respond, who runs towards him. If you're struggling through a situation, I want you to know God has heard your cry. That's how they use these psalms. And his grace is available for you today. Can we get the, uh, some of the team back up? We're going to have communion. And uh, in the back of your seats, there's some little packs. And you know, communion is a reminder of something that started yet, not yet finished. You know, do have this until I come back again. Um, you know, at the end of this psalm, you can read through, you can see the progress of Psalm 40. When you get to the end, guess what? He's still waiting. <laughs> He's still waiting. But... He's waiting differently. Something He's got a hope in God even though he's still waiting. David was still waiting for a while. When they sang this in exile, they were still waiting, but God was with them. They knew it. I waited patiently for the Lord. Well, maybe we'll just do this. It's, can you just repeat these words for me? He turned to me. He heard me. He lifted me. He set my feet on a rock. He steadied me as I walk along. He's put a new song in my mouth.